Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good morning. It's good to be with you. And this morning, as we come to church to sing our songs and pray our prayers, we do so in the context of a war in Europe. For many of us, our hearts are heavy, our souls are sad as butchery and barbarity have been unleashed at the command of Putin and the warmongers. Ukrainians suffer and die, 10 million are displaced from their homes. And the forces of injustice and oppression appear overwhelming, and we as a continent, as communities, and perhaps as individuals can find ourselves in a place of disorientation and powerlessness. For some of us here this morning, and here I want to recognize our Iranian brothers and sisters, this feeling of disorientation in the face of injustice is nothing new. Within our own community, our own church family, Many carry wounds as both the victims of unjust actions of others and as the victims of systems of domination. In a world of injustice, what can we, as followers of Jesus, do? I want to suggest that looking to scriptures and looking to Jesus can provide a much-needed reframing of the issues of our day. My hope is that we can be reorientated so that we can face injustice with hope. That here this morning we would be called afresh to be the justice-shaped people of God who look to Jesus, who are empowered by the Spirit of Jesus so that we can look and love like Jesus. So... Here goes, let's get into the scriptures, let's look to Jesus. In the Bible, justice has to do with setting the world to rights. It's the opposite of injustice. Justice stands against oppression, domination, and economic exploitation. And justice stands with the poor and the powerless and speaks out for those without a voice. Justice is the dream of the prophets as the prophet Amos imagines the day when justice will roll on like a mighty river. Justice is also at the heart of God. As Isaiah says, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. And to know God is to do justice. And justice finds its place within love. And God is love. A holy trinity of love. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit. And the Spirit loves the Father and the Son. And from this wellspring of holy love, God created other than himself. The world that we inhabit. The world that he embraces. And this beautiful world was set up to be a place of human flourishing, shalom and justice. But as the scriptures unfold, 
And as our news feeds testify, this world full of owl, full of wow, has become owl. The beautiful has become broken. Justice has turned to injustice. Shalom has given place, has given birth to violence. So the beautiful and compelling story of scripture is this. It's how the triune God is on a justice-shaped mission to set the world to rights. The goal, the telos, is the reconciliation of all things, the healing of the nations, a time when swords are turned into plowshares and all tears will be wiped away. Lord, let your kingdom come. And in Jesus, the word made flesh, we see justice embodied and entwined with extravagant mercy. He welcomes the weak. He gathers the oppressed and he lays down the prophetic challenge to the unjust structures and organizations of his day. Cornel West says this, justice is what love looks like in public. And in Jesus, we see in a very public way the announcement and demonstration of what a just life and a just community should look like. In a world of economic exploitation, Jesus advocates in Luke 4 the Jubilee principle, which stands against wealth being accumulated into the hands of the few. It is good news for the poor. In a world of despots and warmongers, Jesus declares, blessed are the peacemakers. Love your enemies and lay down your sword. This is good news for a world entrenched in militarism and conflict. Justice is what love looks like in public, and Jesus cares about the big issues of our day. The Christian faith isn't simply a privatized, romanticized individualism, but has at its heart a vision for the rule and reign of God in all spheres of life. This includes the social, the political, and the economic. But Cornel West, he continues the phrase, justice is what love looks like in public, by saying, and tenderness is what love looks like in private. In our reading today, we see that Jesus as well as proclaiming and enacting the kingdom of God, is tender towards individuals. His love is shown in tenderness to those who are victims of life's injustices. He's tender towards those whom life has dealt cards of oppression. He is kind towards those whose hearts and bodies are scarred because of the evil actions of others. From our reading, I want to draw out three points about the tender compassion of Jesus. The first point is this, is that love looks like something. The story that we had read to us from Mark 5 has three parts 
The first part, Jesus finds out that Jairus' daughter is dying. Picking up the story from verse 22, Jairus, seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And in the third part of the story, Jesus arrives at the house. The girl is dead, but he raises her to life. It's a story of an urgency and acute need. A crisis that needs an immediate response. So that's the first and the third part of the story. The other part of the story, the middle part of what is called the Markin sandwich, is a lady with chronic pain. Picking up the story from verse 25. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians, had spent all that she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. For this lady, chronic pain is always present. Yet it's not a crisis. So Jesus is faced with two kinds of injustice, two kinds of suffering. On the one hand, an immediate crisis needing an urgent response. And on the other hand, ongoing oppression. Yet for Jesus, love looks like something. Justice looks like something. Jesus responds to both the immediate crisis as well as addressing more long-term issues. And so too, as we look to Jesus, we can be those who embody justice in both our crisis response and as we engage, listen, love, and care for those who have been suffering for many years. Love, it looks like something. Justice, it looks like something. Point number two, love transforms. Justice transforms. The second dynamic in this passage is that love transforms. Jesus goes out of his way to find Jairus' daughter and to speak words of life and love which bring transformation not only to the girl, she was dead and now she is alive, but also to her family and community. As verse, 14, uh, verse 41 says, Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was about 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. I bet they were. The lady with chronic pain is different. She approaches Jesus to touch his garment. In the ancient world, and shaped by the laws of the Old Testament, this woman with a discharge of blood would be seen as a contaminating force to the community. 
as it was believed that she would spread impurity to others. But here, the evangelist shows us something different, a transformation in which Jesus has a contagious holiness which brings healing to this woman. A contagious holiness and power that restores not only this lady's health, but her dignity, her self-esteem, her place in the community. And there's also a transformation for the wider community in the terms of their cultural codes of inclusion and exclusion. Jesus turns these on its head. At, um, at Lighthouse, Christian community for those battered and bruised by the storms of life, as many of you know, um, we see, we have this little catchphrase. But it's actually not just a, a glib catchphrase. It really has power to it and guides our thinking. It's this, in the presence of love, there's always change. In the presence of love, there's always change. And sometimes at Lighthouse, we see quick miracles. Not as much as I'd like, not as much as I pray for, but we do see them. And they're miracles where someone could be living in chaos, you know, injecting themselves with uh, drugs, you know, several times a day. They come into the doors here. They are overwhelmed with love. Sometimes with with tears, sometimes they, their faces change and joy just comes into them and they hold themselves more and there can be quite a dramatic change in a short period of time. But more frequently than the quick miracles, at Lighthouse Day, and we see this on a daily basis, we'll see it today, is the slow burn miracle. The slow burn miracle which you can't so much track over a day, but you can track over the years. And that's as, pe- as, as the team love the community. As the community love the team and love more of the community. As people are opening themselves up to the presence of divine love, there is change. In the presence of love, there's always change. In the presence of justice, there's always change. There can be transformation. Point number three, final point, and then there's going to be an opportunity for each of us to respond here. Love makes the invisible visible. In the ancient world, and in much of the modern world, the plight of children, women, and those with chronic pain could be forgotten, ignored, left to the side, often through patriarchal power and politics. The ones who are seen in the world of domination are the powerful, the influential, the wealthy, those with status who are higher up in the hierarchy. For some, the suffering of the marginalized is the necessary collateral damage. Those who can be ignored in the quest for power. It's a dog-eat-dog world often that supports the survival of the fittest and it is the powerful and rich who set the agenda. 
In this system of domination, which has both ancient and modern versions, it is the power of the corporation, the brand, those with military assets and nuclear capability who dictate agendas, enslave others, and can unleash injustice on the powerless. And the powerless are often the unseen. Those suffering injustice can often not raise their voice or are ignored because their cries don't fit with the status quo stories of growth and progress. But when Jesus walks into the house of this dying child, he is saying that her life matters and that children should be treated with dignity, honor, and respect. Elsewhere, Jesus clearly, uh, speaks clearly against any abuse of children. When he says this, if anyone causes one of these little ones to suffer, it would be better if a millstone was hung around their necks and they were thrown into the sea. In a world where infanticide was common, a world now in which archaeologists can still find the bones of girls that were dumped in the sewer systems of the Greco-Roman world. Into that world, Jesus says, let the little children come to me. He makes the invisible visible. And when Jesus turns up to the lady in chronic pain, when in fact the lady comes to him and he turns around and says, who touched me? And then he commends her faith. He has given this lady, this nobody, this outcast, a place at the table of the kingdom. In allowing her to speak, he centers the one who was formerly on the margins. The nobody becomes a somebody. The voiceless, a given voice. Jesus makes the invisible visible. Love makes the invisible visible. Justice makes the invisible visible. And so let me conclude, and then there'll be an opportunity for us to respond. At the end of John's gospel, the risen Lord Jesus, and some of you might say, John, I've heard this before. It's because I love this passage. That's why we're having it again. At the end of John's gospel, the risen Lord Jesus finds his disciples in a locked room and they are afraid. And Jesus speaks to them and says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And the church is being commissioned and called to look and love like Jesus. And then Jesus equips his fearful disciples by saying, receive the Holy Spirit. So too, in our troubled world, we may be fearful. For we live in a world at war, a world with COVID, a world of economic uncertainty, a world of climate breakdown. The coming years and decades will no doubt be difficult. Injustice is a dehumanizing force which seems to have gained unstoppable power Yet, we too 
are given the opportunity afresh to hear the words of Jesus as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And we are called afresh and equipped afresh by Jesus to be the justice-shaped people of God who demonstrate a love that looks like something, a love that transforms individuals and brings healing to a hurt and broken world, a love which makes the invisible stories of injustice visible so that the tenderness and compassion of Jesus may be known. As the church, we are to be faithful ambassadors and signposts to this kingdom. Until that day when we will see the reconciliation of all things, the healing of the nations, a time when swords will be turned into plowshares and all tears will be wiped away. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.